Hey, you know what time it is. DraftKings Sportsbook time. Who is an official sports betting partner of the NFL? DraftKings is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost uh, with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I like to do uh, parlays when watching my football team taking the under on any yardage total and the under on any anytime touchdown scorer. That's just me and my team, though. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We don't plan here. We just fucking go. Nah. I relate. I relate. I'm all for it. Welcome to Everything Hurts and We're Not Dying uh, in Broncos Country. It's That's Good Broncos. And we got a guest today. Zach Seegers uh, is joining us to discuss some, some finagling of the salary cap numbers and how it's not just possible that the Broncos could move on from Russell Wilson but it actually would make sense for them uh, to cut him this offseason. So I saw Zach tweet this months, like a, a month ago, and I did a video on it, doing a video on it. Don't know when I'll upload which. Uh, so we decided to have Zach on today. Zach, uh, tell people where to find uh, you on Twitter and about your podcast, because if you wait till the end, ain't nobody going to be listening. So do it. <laughs> Appreciate the advice. Yeah, going to be the the math and salary cap rules guy. So I got to get him quick. Uh, at Zach underscore Seegers on Twitter. I've got all sorts of uh, other tidbits about this whole crazy rust debacle and, and the rest of the Broncos there. And then the Let's Talk Broncos podcast I do with uh, Bree Maestas and Joey Richards, who are some other great Broncos analysts. Uh, five days a week. We'll go to three days a week in the off season. And uh, yeah, can catch us live, uh, can catch us on video, on YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff, Twitter, uh, and then audio wherever you listen to podcasts. Cool. Uh, so Zach and I have played football a handful of times here in Denver. Uh, so I trust him just based on that alone. <laughs> um, we Because you've routed it? me up. What's that? <laughs> Because I'm faster than Zach, uh, but definitely not taller. I thought, let's just get into this. Because, all right, so Hackett gets fired. Uh, Uncertainty's in the air. We think, we're under the impression the Broncos are going to bring in an experienced head coach who's going to sell the team on how they can fix Russell Wilson. Uh, Which I don't think is a bad idea. I think Russ should definitely get another chance uh, this coming season. But I understand why you'd want to move on from him based on what has happened this last year, based on uh, even Shannon Sharp kind of going torched earth against the Broncos and Russ as a locker room presence. Like if Sharp's going to do that, it probably means there's some issues there. So just why don't you tell us how you kind of started stumbling into the numbers? What needs to happen to 
get rid of Russ this offseason and how that, uh, based on your shrewd roster moves, would actually free up salary cap space in the process with some of the other cuts along the way. And then we'll figure it out after that. Yeah. So I, I think like everyone, I heard, well, the Broncos are stuck with Russell Wilson. You know, this season's gone off the rails, but they're stuck with him. And so I just started getting curious. Like, years. They have exactly hundred years. It was like, man, things are looking dark for these next five years. And honestly, I think it came from, you know, I'm a Colorado native uh, covering this team. I, I like to see the team do well. It's good for my job. It's good for my heart and soul. And I was like, man, how long are we going to be in this like nuclear winter for? And so I started looking into the numbers like, okay, it's probably totally unrealistic, but what would even moving off of him look like this year? Like how badly would you have to blow up the team? And what I learned is you don't really have to blow it up that bad at all. Um, It sounds crazy. It's very unconventional. So I understand why people have a hard time accepting it. But the math says, like, if you look at it, it's very possible. I did tons of research on what a post-June 1st cut is and all the machinations of that, how NFL restructuring rules work um, and the machinations of that, looking at what other quarterbacks are making around the league and how you're able to uh, uh, build a functioning roster while also devoting that much salary cap to the position. Um, And I realize it's very possible. It's like... it's painful. It's not ideal. It's something that hasn't been done in the NFL before, but it's very, very doable. The, it was never done before that a team picked a quarterback in the top 10. And then the very next season took one number one overall, that was the right move for the Arizona uh, Cardinals. It was wildly aggressive and unconventional sticking with Josh Rosen would have been the right decision. It's time to get wildly aggressive and a little unconventional. Yeah. And I mean, long-term now there's uh, equal questions about Kyler Murray, but uh, definitely was the right move for them. And if we're, uh, we're looking at this, like you're you're saying you can blow up a little bit of the roster uh, because there's going to be casualties. It would be like if you currently were in Russell Wilson's home and you're like, you know what? We could blow up four bathrooms. We're still going to have 10 and we can get by. Eight bathrooms. Yeah, we we can get by with eight bathrooms. Uh, Yeah. So, or like, if you were in a sketchy mob deal, or like an in debt bad to the mob, and you showed up, and they're like, "We're gonna take one of your fingers," and it's like, "Oh, one of my fingers, just one of my fingers." Okay, that's bad, but I thought (laughs) like I was gonna uh, be in a cement swimming pool or something. (laughs) Yeah. So it's all a matter of perspective, really. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. You tweeted the Broncos could have like 70, 74 million in cap space by cutting Russ uh, at the post-June uh, designation, which basically just allows a, a team to spread the dead cap money, right? Over two seasons, yes. Over two seasons. And also, like, the all the dead cap money doesn't count towards the salary cap, correct? Or does it? No, it does Well, so... What you have to think about here is is dead cap is just a cap space allocated to a player. It becomes dead because that player is no longer on the roster. Um, so the Broncos are already paying Russ uh, $58 over the next two seasons here, 57 point something, 58 Um 
So when you talk about that 107 number, it's not 107 on top of that 5758. It's 50 on top of that 5758 because that's what uh, is left on the contract um, after these two seasons. Um, So uh, this year it would eat up 39.5. The splits on this would be 61 this year and 46 next year. Um, the split I laid out in that thread you're referencing that would free up 70 million in cap space is also a doable one. I think you would want to eat more of the dead cap in 2023, a season that kind of already projects to be sketchy. Use 2023 to start rebuilding the offense. You know, all those, you don't have many draft picks, but use the draft picks you have trying to find some offensive pieces. Use the salary cap space you will have to try and find some offensive pieces, but kind of take the brunt of it in 2023. And then in 2024, you're only losing $10 million against the cap relative to what you'd have with Russell Wilson on the roster. So that's not that hard a pill to swallow. Um, And then you can, I think the Denver Broncos, if they were to follow my philosophy and you look at the young core, uh, they could be competitive as quickly as 2024. I think if you drag it out with Russ, you're looking at not being competitive until 2025, more like 2026. Um, and so that's the thing I like the blow up. People are like, I don't want to wallow in bad Broncos football for any longer. I think it's the only way to not wallow in bad Broncos football for a long time. Cause I think the longer you draw it out with Russ, like Hackett was weighing him down, but how do you blame Hackett for those Rams interceptions? Hackett's not telling him, throw it into triple coverage, two yards over Cortland Sutton's head. You know, like that's, we don't know. It's <laughs> fair, but, um, I would bet he's not. I, I bet that's kind of a Russell Wilson problem. And I think there's a lot of those mistakes this season. There's a lot of mistakes that are Hackett related, but I don't think you're improving Russell Wilson to the point that he's worth $50 million a year. And at that point, it's like, okay, can we get out of this before this hole gets deeper? Because as he's on the team, more guarantees go into effect. On the fifth day of the next league year, he gets his entire 2025 salary guaranteed. Um, and to avoid that, you're also going to have to, uh, like bench him for some games in 2023. It's a, it's a weird deal. Um, 107 million is definitely painful, but this is the shallowest the pit will be. It's a deep pit still, and it's gross, but this is the shallowest the pit will be. So dig out now before. it gets And I want to point out too, that the NFL record for, the largest dead cap in NFL history, $88.8 million this year with the Atlanta Falcons. And they're not bad. They're not a terrible team either. And they're in the process of a rebuild. They're adding uh, the Falcons model is a great model. And I'm glad you brought it up. The two you, the two I would look at would be the Eagles and the Falcons. The Falcons Mm -hmm. is a more realistic expectation, but the Eagles is another both entered 2020 with so much dead cap it was like, how are they going to be able to build a roster? Like, how can they even do this? Two years later, the Eagles are a one-loss team and a Super Bowl favorite. You know, uh, uh, two lo- two years later, the Falcons don't have their quarterback in place. But you look at they found an off or a head coach that's offensive-minded and really, really clever and is doing some exciting things. They found like a few cornerstone pieces on offense and defense to start building their franchise up around. Um, and they're in a much better place now than they would have been if they were trying to, you know, get more out of Matt Ryan, as we've seen with what's happened with Matt Ryan and the Colts this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And um, I wanted to ask you, Zach, what do you think 
because it's it's kind of something that happens in the NBA when kind of bad teams with a ton of space will absorb these huge contracts if you ship a pick with them. And I think the only time we've actually seen it effectively done was 2016, 2017 with Brock Osweiler. What do you th- what do you think that would look like in this scenario? So that's the exact thing. I've been arguing the cut Russ point because if we can all get on the same page that cutting Russ is at least possible, which again, the math says it 100% is, then we can talk about the options that are better than that. Because <clears throat> like uh, trading, obviously that's out of the Broncos control. It takes two to tango there. They're going to have to find someone that wants to trade for Russell Wilson, wants to absorb some of that uh, contract, and that might be difficult. So let's just look at what's in the Broncos control. They can cut him and move on to your question. Yes, ideally they should trade him. And I think they absolutely could Carson Wentz, who was a very clearly depreciated asset, unlike Russell Wilson having, you know, a bad year, Wentz had three bad years was also known as a locker room cancer also had a pretty ugly contract that someone wouldn't want to take on. And Mm -hmm. Washington traded two third round picks for him. I, it would be, my microphone just disconnected. I'm uh, pivoting on the fly. That's I will. Right. You're good. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, uh, you can find someone that'll take Ru- the Russell Wilson deal. It might look like Brock Osweiler, where you're not even getting any picks. You are giving Russell Wilson and draft picks up. Um, I'm not as familiar with that because I've been so zeroed in on cutting. But there, I think you're looking at uh, a dead cap of around 86, 87, something like that with a post-June first cut, which lines up right with that Atlanta Falcons deal. And then you're talking about stuff that's really manageable. Then you're talking about $20 million against the cap this upcoming season. Okay, that's like signing a big ticket free agent. If the Broncos keep Russell Wilson, don't you think they're going to be looking at investing $20 million across maybe the running back room, the offensive line, the receiving room, the defensive line, some areas that are going to be needs this year? Probably they'll invest $20 million across those spots. If they're not in a win-now window, you can reallocate that $20 million to moving off of Russ and setting you up for the future. I think the two big pushbacks I often get are um, – well, what's the team going to do in 2023? And uh, they'd have to blow up the entire roster. Um, The team will be bad in 2023. I believe they're going to be bad with Russell Wilson anyways. What moving off of Russell Wilson uh, now does is it goes, okay, 2023, again, from my philosophy, is going to be bad or disappointing, not a Super Bowl team, any way you slice it. So now that we know, now we know that 2023 is not winning a Super Bowl, let's use this non-Super Bowl season to take our medicine, eat our vegetables, and get ready for 2024, 2025, 2026, where if you do this thing right, you can be competing for Super Bowls. Um, Roster turnover can happen that quick in the NFL. Blowing up the roster. The moves you're having to consider are cutting Chase Edmonds. They're probably going to do that anyways. Cutting Graham Glasgow to free up $14 million. $14 $14 million for Graham Glasgow, they're going to do that whether or not they get rid of Russ. The one like dodgy one, Jacob Martin, another one for like $6 million. They're going to do that. Um, the one that's dodgy is Ronald Darby, but with how well Damari Mathis played, that pill becomes easier to follow. And Ronald Darby is also an injury-prone injury 29-year-old corner coming off an ACL tear. Um, freeing up $10 million by moving off him, 
even devoid of the Russell Wilson conversation. Like, let's say you're keeping Russell Wilson. I might want to move off of Ronald Darby so I have 10 extra million dollars to address Javante Williams insurance, to address replacing Dalton Reisner, et cetera. So I just, I don't think any of these moves are that hard to swallow. And it gets you to the point where you can not only cut Russ, but cut Russ and have enough money for like a Draymond Jones extension, if that's what you want to spend it on. You could cut Russ and have enough money uh, uh, to build up the offensive line for whoever that next quarterback ends up being. It's not this complete doomsday that it's been made out to be. Yeah, I would say the real dicey one in my eyes is... um... Where do you have cut Brandon McManus? Uh Uh-oh. First of all, we never cut anybody who shares my name. Second of all, I think finding a kicker is a little bit trickier than a lot of these positions. Um, Also, he's the uh, the only current Bronco who's appeared on this show before. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Fair. I, you know, I think... McManus had a great run with the Broncos. He's one of their all-time kickers. Um, But I think when you look at the metrics, he's been not that great this year. Um, I've got – so I like DVOA. How do you say that about our leading scorer, Zach? (laughs) You literally have – Kickers are generally leading scorers. God. The kickers are generally uh, leading scorers. You know, there's, there's, he was a great player, great player in franchise history. Rod Smith's the all-time leading receiver. You know, like maybe don't have him start for the 2023 Denver Broncos. He's a great franchise legend, and I love me some Rod Smith, but I don't think hey, he should be starting for the 2023 Denver Broncos. If wants to come back at 49, I'll bring back Rod Smith at 50-whatever. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but – so DVOA, which looks at factors in things like elevation, weather, um, the type of protection you're getting on the kicking unit, has him as the league's 24th best kicker this year. And he's the 10th most expensive kicker this year. Um, but here's the great thing about my philosophy uh, that I've laid out. You do not have to do all of these moves. Right. Again, it's he is a, a Russell Wilson cut, and that $17 million against the cap was for a different split I was ca- calculating with the $61-46 million split, which I think is preferable. Um, it's 39 against the cap. Those moves I listed save 70, and it's not all the moves that the Broncos could do. There's other moves that I felt were a little more aggressive, would be harder to sell people on, and I didn't want to be dying on those hills. I just wanted to prove how possible it was. Right. Um, so like the McManus one only th- frees up 3 million. Okay. Keep it. McMan- if you want to keep McManus, Thank I'm you. not going to put up that much of a fight He's over kept. that. Keep him, keep him. And now you free up 66 when you only need 39 instead of freeing up 70 when you need 39. So that's not a big difference. You can totally keep McManus. You are a big Lloyd Cushenberry fan. You think Butch Berry gave him a radio. You can keep him. Even if you want like some of my more aggressive moves like Darby, that's a big $10 million chunk. There's enough wiggle room that like if you're the number one Ronald Darby fan, you think that three-man cornerback room of Sertan, Mathis, and Darby is going to be sweet and and you really want to see that happen. Awesome. You can cut Russell Wilson and have that happen. Cutting right. Russell Wilson is an easy enough pill to swallow that there's a, a very surprising amount of yeah. flexibility in that conversation. I think that was my big takeaway because like, w- would you be able to uh, restructure Darby? You could. So that's the other one. I went with the, 
cut Darby because there was a sizable enough gap there. Uh, okay. But I think you still save up six million with a restructure. Um, that's because, off the top of my head, but yeah. it's in that neighborhood. And like restructures, obviously the the player has to be willing to to play ball. And Darby coming off an ACL injury, like he might be willing to do that. And I think uh, an area you can never have enough depth is at corner. So let's say like you do something like that. Maybe it's not 70 million, but you walk away with 50 million. You're still sitting in a good spot. Uh, I don't know if you looked into this, but the, the video I'm putting together, I said I would consider trying to trade Cortland Sutton instead of restructuring him because I think one, he has value uh, where you could get a draft pick or two in return for him. And that would be another way you could free up like uh what is what's he set to make i don't know like 18 million or there's some he's, tricky he's stuff got, and he's got like a, a friendly contract which would make trading for him i think even more appealing uh which is i've kind of flip-flopped on i think the broncos definitely should keep jerry judy because we've seen what he could do when brett rippon throws him the ball it's just like get the guy the ball and he's gonna make some fucking plays but uh is something like that possible uh, in your theory here as well? Extremely, extremely, extremely possible. Um, I want to see that I have the math on this right. Okay. Um, yeah, it's very doable. Um, it would be a good way to free up extra money this year. I think it would uh, kind of be a wash in 2024 based on the splits I'm seeing right now. I can't see all the different ways to split up the, the post June 1st stuff. Um, I don't think you'd see the trade pre June 1st that you can designate, I believe two, three players as post June 1st moves that aren't actually post June 1st moves. Um, and Sutton could be one of those. Maybe they come up with a trade during the draft and then, you know, it gets executed yeah. on June 1st or something like that. If they do that, it would free up 14.5 million. So that's, um, extremely doable and you brought up the Darby restructuring and how it takes players uh playing ball and that's very true there's cases where like I get the impression that maybe Garrett Bowles wouldn't be super excited about restructuring but generally speaking um restructures aren't the toughest sell to players uh, all the restructures I've done and there's different kinds of restructures but the ones I've laid out are max restructures which means you're not taking any money out of that player's pocket or off the table for that player. You're actually doing the off the opposite. You're taking unearned, unguaranteed salary money and turning it into guaranteed signing bonus money, which lets you like play some funny cap games that lets you spread it out over a longer period of time. Um, but you look at a guy like Cortland Sutton, or I think Tim Patrick's on that restructure list. I think Garrett Bowles is on the restructure list. And like I said, Garrett Bowles might, uh, be apprehensive to it, but you look at guys that are nearing 30, all of which have had like a serious injury, whether it be a broken leg or a torn ACL. Um, and you go, Hey, this money that you could potentially lose, we're going to not only guarantee it to you, but we're going to put it in your pocket today. So you can put it in whatever investment portfolio you have and start making money off your money. Most players will say yes to that. I think I nailed it on the head by trading Cortland Sutton. I think you did. That was one I, I wasn't as open to. Now it would be like it was for free at 14 mil this year, and then it'd be a wash next year. You wouldn't, you still kind of have that Sutton contract on your books and you wouldn't be profiting off of it, but it would uh, uh, definitely make the Wilson cut easier this year.
And you could probably get some draft picks for him. The last question I have, Will, let me get this one in before I yeah, forget yeah, go ahead. is because I saw someone saying like this really screws 2024 in that you don't have a lot of guys actually on the roster still. What is that scenario like? Like I saw somebody say yeah. like you only have like 26 players actively on the roster right now. But I think the number would be higher than that because you're freeing up cap space and you're going to use that to sign one current guys uh, before you let them hit free agency. And then also your draft class, your uh, undrafted free agency sign after the draft. Like you're going to make up for some of that. You're not going to be walking into the next season with all of this cap. But is this a situation where all these numbers come together in 2024? You don't have much of a roster. No. So that was with the old split I was working with. Um, okay. And that was the problem with that 3377 split. And that was because I was trying to see, I was going in again with the mindset that this is impossible. Like the cap size, it's not even workable for this year. Um, and then reading, uh, and also I know you guys are having me on to check my math, making sure I'm not full of, uh, uh, you swear on this bullshit. We're not going to um, check uh, your math. Yeah. You, you say but it's good. We don't like, know how to yeah, check yeah. Sounds good to me. But well, here's the great thing. You don't have to because the foremost cap experts already have. Uh, Jason over at Over the Cap, and I forget the author of the Spotrack one, but one of Spotrack's top analysts, they both have articles on how the Broncos can move off the Russell Wilson thing. Now, they both say it won't happen this offseason, which I agree with. I ultimately think the Broncos don't do this. I'm more arguing for the fact that it's possible. Right. They say the same thing. They say, you know, it won't happen this year. I doubt George Payton would make such an aggressive move that makes him look bad, but they don't, there's nothing in there about how it's financially impossible. It's very financially viable. Um, the top people have looked to it and agree. Um, and, and so with those 3377 splits, it would be a problem because you get that $77 million cap hit, which is a crazy thing to eat in one year. And it would kind of gut the roster a little bit. But with the 61-46 splits, it's very easy. In 2024, you're only eating $10 million of cap space that isn't already being eaten by Russell Wilson. So you're only taking away right. $10 million of what you've already got at your disposal. As it stands now, we're not worried about the Denver Broncos being able to field a roster in 2024. It's not like, oh my God, they're going to only have 30 guys they'll be fine in that regard. And the difference there isn't $10 million. You mentioned it with the draft class. They have, as part of the rebuild, they'll have even more picks, but they project to have, you know, 14, 15 picks between now and then. So you get 26 plus 15, that gets you to 41. And then you're going to have some cheap free agents, maybe a UDFA here or there. Um, and it will be a little bare bones, but the nice thing about being a rebuilding unit is you find pieces. Like the Lions are in the middle of a rebuild right now. They just found a UDFA or seventh round pass rusher because they were in the position to play in big snap. And they're like, whoa, this James Houston guy can start for us. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, like there, you don't want to be a bad team, but like that's one of the advantages to being a bad team. Um, and yeah, it, it wouldn't uh, in 2024, I think they could actually be competitive. My plan is, again, eat the medicine or take the medicine, eat your vegetables in 2023, and then you'll have a high draft pick. You can take Drake May, who would be the number one overall pick in this year's class. You could take Caleb Williams, who would be the number one overall pick in this year's class. Um, and then 
you're really investing the same in that quarterback that you would be in Russell Wilson. And that quarterback, I confidently believe is going to be so much better than Russell Wilson. So as quickly as 2024, the Broncos should be in a better position than they are in right now, just at the cost of making 2023 a little more painful than it already projects to be. But also Broncos country, you'll have your expectations in the right place for the first (laughs) time since 2014, 2015, like every year, think about it going into 2016, Brock Osweiler and or Paxton Lynch are the future of the franchise and the defense is ready to win a Super Bowl and we're going to just keep coasting. Peyton Manning wasn't even giving them all that much last year and the deep, oh, it's going to be great next season. And it was a lie. And then it was Joe Flacco is still in his prime and it was a lie. Uh, Case Keenum is this guy who led the Vikings to the NFC Championship. He can do that in Denver. And it was a lie. The Broncos country has had their expectations uh, fail them for like seven straight years. And I think that more than anything is what has been so painful. I think a bad year where the expectation is like, okay, this is going to be a bad year. Let's just see what fun, exciting pieces like a Jerry Judy we can unearth this season. I think that would make it less painful, honestly. What do you, what do you got, Will? You had something. No, I, well, I was going to say, and this is kind of a non sequitur at this point, that I just don't know that Cortland Sutton has the value that you think he does at this point, Brandon. Um, I think Jerry Judy probably has all the value there. Um, if we're going to pick one of the three receivers and I really don't want to trade him. Um, and also Zach, I think one last point is um, I wanted to ask if you did all these calculations um, on a chalkboard at Harvard university, where did, where did you do this? Yeah, I did, slide uh, ruler. Did I did that. Ruler? And then I, Went to a bar and uh, some yeah. long blonde hair kid tried getting in my face. Um, you tell me no, to eat uh, his orange. How do you like those oranges, kid? I did it while <laughs> I did it while producing a morning radio show, actually. And they were talking about how the Broncos were stuck with Russell Wilson, and I was like, "Let me prove these guys wrong," and started uh, calculating nice. it out. And it turned out they can do it. Freedom yeah. is possible, Broncos country. Well, I mean, there's this this narrative about like right the NFL salary cap isn't real until it is real it's, it's uh, kind of real it's it's there but it it's it's real but it can be manipulated much like broncos fans every offseason it can be manipulated <laughs> and just by saying like um th- you know like the restructures uh so once a contract's signed we know there's flexibility in that contract even if it's ridiculous and then what earlier when you said you know you can make some moves for post-June cuts that aren't actually post-June cuts just tells you how much flexibility the NFL gives itself to unfuckery a bad contract, unfuck a bad contract situation. And if they could figure out how to get out of this Russ one and do it, then I will never be, I will never be surprised by any contract move cut trade ever again ever because like most i thought there's no way you can move on from this for at least three to four years and then will and i started talking about your tweet again i was like well maybe there let me let me look at this again and maybe we can make a video about it and then uh glad you were able to come jump on the podcast today to explain to everyone that even though it probably won't happen could happen maybe and this is yeah 
it might happen. And my thought is during the head coaching interview process, if Greg Penner's takeaway from that is the experienced coaches that I want to come in, if they're telling him that they don't think they can win with Russ, then he'll fucking rip the Band-Aid off immediately. Fully if that's agree. what it takes to bring in the guys like he thinks can write the course. But it, like, if they say, hey, we can do these things and manage and move forward with Russ, like we think there's something. I think the process of the interviews is going to help educate his decision. And if the, I'm sure they have somebody in their department looking at the numbers who's already told them, yeah, you can get out of this if you want. This is how. I would just, I would hope to God um, they had somebody smarter than you, Zach. And I think you're very smart. A thousand. But on staff with the numbers saying these are all of your options right now. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And I'm sure they are, are doing that right now. I feel confident. Like you hear like George Payton slip up, like Russ or whoever the quarterback is. Like yeah. they're having, they're already thinking, and I don't think that means they're doing it, but I think that means that they're aware that there's a possibility Russ isn't the quarterback next year. Right. And your thing about the interviews is dead on. It is going to come, in my opinion, to whatever the head coach they pick pitches them on. And I don't think what the pitch is in regard to Russ is going to determine who the head coach will be. I think they're going to just go for the overall vision, like what coach they like best overall. And okay. What is their vision with Russell Wilson? Is it, they think yeah. he's uh, reparable and they can, they can get him back to form or do they think it's time to move off? And I think the Broncos will probably do whatever they want to do. I also want to say the 107 million number, cause I forgot to mention this point. I know it's a scary number. That's not up for debate. The Broncos are paying up Russell Wilson at least 107 million. The debate is how long do you want to be financially tied to Russell Wilson? I want to be tied to him for the minimum amount of time. So I'll eat that 107 in two years rather than uh, 107 over three, which is what you get if you cut him after next season. Boom. Good point. You got anything else, Will? No, I think it's been covered. All right, Zach, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate it. We always like when somebody else does the math for us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> facts, adding and research, not our cup of tea. At Zach underscore Seegers on Twitter. Give him a follow. Check out his podcast. Um, and yeah, that should be it. Yeah, I. that's all for me. Everyone go check out my uh, podcast and everything if you want to hear me angrily rant about this situation more. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Will and I are going to keep going here, record some more shit, mm -hmm. so I'll uh, I'll kick you out, and then uh, hopefully this will be up tomorrow morning. Sounds yeah. great. Thank you guys yeah. so much for the invite, and have a great rest of your day, and uh, happy New Year's. Yeah, yeah man. Appreciate it. Have fun. Thank you. You too. Bye. Boom. <coughs> okay. Let's see here. Let me do this real quick before I forget. Hey, and if uh, you want to be less confused by the numbers, why don't you check out our friends... And sponsor of this show, DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, DraftKings is giving all new customers who use our code DNVR when you sign up at DraftKings 
a chance to turn your wager into $150 in free bets. All you got to do as a new customer is bet at least $5 on any pregame Moneyline wager. And if your bet hits, you get 150 in free bets and you don't even need to know all of the math like you do to understand the salary cap. Basic numbers, very simple, easy to use, safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want. Again, that's code DNVR for new customers at DraftKings. There's information in the description below. Uh, so read it. Read it carefully. Okay. Read every word of the legal disclaimer. Okay. Thank you. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay. Um, we'll just record a quick outro to that and cool. then do the picks. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, Will, that's how we can get rid of Russell Wilson if we so choose. And by we, I mean you and I, because we make all the decisions. Yes. The Broncos, as everybody knows. Uh, based on what you know, uh-huh. would you cut Russ this offseason? Um, based on everything I know, I would not. Um, I, agree. I think I've, I've laid out my plan, my master plan here before. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot less math involved and it's more just, just me going off of instinct. Yeah. Um, I would keep him for another year and say, this is the make or break year. Um, I would trade back out of the first round and collect more picks. Um, I might even trade a player, try to get another pick. And if you suck, you might be lucky enough to be in position in 2024 to take um, Caleb Williams or Drake May or Quinn Ewers if he ends up being good or whoever, really. Yeah. Um, but you at least give, you know, we've, we've outed the scapegoat, scapegoat in Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and we're going to say, all right, by process of elimination, we're going to see if he really was to, br- to blame rather than getting rid of, of two of the, the major core pieces um, of the offense in one fell swoop. Um, I think Russ deserves another chance um, just based on yeah. the 10 years that preceded this Titanic level disaster of a season. Um I think he, he's earned the benefit of the doubt to some extent. Um, and I, I just think that this will happen too because um, when you take the the big wild card is ownership. And I, I think from what I heard the other day, um, they're, you know, they're very much aware how impatient we are because this isn't, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> this season is such a calamity. Uh, in a vacuum but when you you know you need throw it in as year seven of a seven-year playoff drought uh, and year six I think of not having a winning record then everything compounds and um, I think it's a hard sell yeah um, to do what Zach said and while that while it, it makes a lot of sense and it might very well be the right course of action 
I don't think that ownership is willing to totally punt on a full season. Yeah, I think like Russ deserves that that chance, and I think the right head coach coming in can can help. And it's it's mostly just like a philosophical approach. I think that you adjust for your next two years. Yeah, absolutely. So with Russ, if you get into this season and he's not good, in terms of how you build your team, you're not looking to build your team to be a contender now. You're looking to build your team while Russ is still there for the future, right? So instead of maybe dumping a bunch of money into like, some splashy free agents or being aggressive with a trade or something like that, that you think, Oh, we're in the Super Bowl window with Russ. You're like selling some pieces maneuvering that way while still having Russ. So you're still paying your quarterback to play for you. And I think that's more of the tactic they would use. Um, yeah. Like even if he's there for 2024 and 2025, uh, and you still draft a guy in 2024 and have him, you know, behind Russ for whatever that's worth. It's just about shifting the way you build around Russ versus just moving on from him immediately. Although I think Zach made a good case for why you might want to do that. And just knowing it's possible, I think, uh, is a little bit relieving. But personally, yeah. I want to see another football season with Russ in Denver. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but um, I, an example I'm using is Sam Darnold right now is getting a lot of praise uh, in Carolina and he's not doing much. He's just, right. he's not throwing any interceptions. He's throwing mm -hmm. one touchdown a game and for his most passing yards is like 250. But what the fuck are the, 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 the Panthers doing? They're blocking really well with their offensive line and they're running the ball down their opponent's throats. If you can run the football with Russell Wilson, I, th I think you can win a lot of football games. Um, yeah, it turns out Steve Wilkes might actually be a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, and Matt Rule for sure. And Matt Rule too. Mm -hmm. He might be pretty good. He might be on the list if uh, Carolina is silly enough not to make him the full-time head coach. Ooh, is he the Broncos' next, next head coach? Did you just predict that? I don't know. I just I think he should be in the mix. If, yeah, uh, his players love him. Um, clearly, what? they're playing hard for him. Yeah, I mean, Carolina. It's too bad he couldn't win with Josh Rosen. I mean, that's not really a, yeah. a big mark against him at this point, is it? Nope. And Carolina, just look at the Raiders. Don't do what the Raiders did. They let Rich Bisaccia go after he galvanized the team. Yeah. in a tumultuous uh, season. Simple. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've got plenty of time to talk about that. Um, obviously. Uh, I don't know if, and you brought it up, but I don't know if they, if they do draft the guy in 2024, I think they'll find a way to get Russell Wilson off the team entirely in 2020. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. But like, but I get the spirit of what you're saying. If you're paying him and you want him to play and you don't want to throw your, your quarterback out there right away, like, yeah, it's, you're already accounting for Russ being on your team those seasons and you're accounting to yep. build around him. For those it's just the way you might have done that instead of building around him now you're building uh, a little more on the young side for the future uh yes right like that makes sense 
Yeah, and you're building you're you're building a different type of football team too. I think. Yeah. Where we thought this is going to be um, just an aerial attack. Yeah. Just a, uh, let's get four wide receivers out there and and run four verts all day. Yeah. Uh, that is not going to work. And they need to play more like the 2018 Seahawks, where they're running the ball 25 to 30 times a game. Um, and limiting Russ's attempts, uh, even if he doesn't like that, because it's clear that based on, you know, previous experiences, that was not, um, that was not really up his alley, but it turns out that what Russ wants versus what Russ needs are two entirely different things. Yeah. It's Um, a lot, a a lot of whether Russ stays, I think is going to depend on, whether he convinces uh, Peyton and Pinner that, and the new coach that he's willing to do it their way. Yeah, yeah, and, and we'll see if that ends up being the case. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to say about it, and then we can pick the games, is uh, I think the reason that the I, I wasn't like totally on board with an in-season firing of Nathaniel Hackett is based on circumstances. Like, you're going to have to – give whoever the next coach is a long leash because they like, they have to know what they're in for. It is the most fucked situation in the NFL currently. Uh, It just is maybe the Cardinals, but yes. Yeah. And and the Cardinals I think is more attractive than ours. Um, Although there's more like clearly, you know, if you, if you join the Cardinals, you might get framed for like sexual assault. Yeah, too, so. that, that's the that's the big one. Yeah, as long as you're okay with that, like the football part of it isn't, yeah. you know, totally a deal breaker in my opinion. No, I'd rather work with Kyler than Russ right now if I'm a head coach. Yeah, definitely. Um, we could just stack them and make one tall quarterback. <laughs> Give Russell will Russell's on. Whoa, yeah. Russ is on top. Kyler's Russell's on bottom, <laughs> and. A, a they trench can use coat. either arm for throwing. Yeah, yeah, we have to get them a trench coat though, or else the NFL might yeah. not let them play. Um, yes. But yeah, so that's why I didn't like necessarily the idea of firing Hackett before the season's over, because uh, then ownership is telling the next head coach like, "You don't mess around. Like, you better win." Yeah. Now, and that's just I, not gonna. It's not gonna be easy for whoever steps in. No, it's going to be an uphill battle to say the least. Um, I agreed with that when we talked about it last and I can't like, I'm at the point where I can't remember if I talked to Grassi about this or you, (laughs) but (laughs) it's okay. Um, based on their press conference, uh, it sounds like the coach coming in is going to have a lot of power. It sounds like, uh, George Payton, some of his power is going to be re- relinquished. And I think if you're going after a, a big name head coach who's had experience, like I don't even know if these guys are real, but like Peyton or Harbaugh, yeah. if you're going after those guys and you're telling them we're going to give you all of this control, then it becomes appealing to them yep. because it's like that feeds their personality type. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right move, but I think the fear of you know being one and done is kind of alleviated if you're coming in and you have all of this power because there's more under your control 
versus, well, my success depends on the GM doing the things I want. And if George Payton's not going to do the things I want, then why would I come here knowing they fire a coach every year? I think it was clear, like the, by saying that they're going to be very uh, okay with that coach having the same kind of control like Mike Shanahan had that ultimately got him <laughs> in trouble. But right. uh, I think that's the only way you can do it. Um, and it's, but you're right. It's a stain on that job right now, but I, you totally. know, money and power might, might just might solve everything. We definitely have money. Yeah. Power in terms of power, you're like, you know, presiding over a village of morons at this point. So the power is only appealing if you, if you really want to wield absolute power over a, yeah. um, a, a four and 11 football team. Yeah. And did they fire uh, the O-line coach and yes. Stukes after we podcast last time or before? After, because it was yeah. uh, Rosberg who personally said, get your ass out of here. Oh, he fired them? Yeah, that was like his first move. Oh, damn. He said that in the press conference. He got, And people were connecting the dots too that um, – because Rosberg's obviously – he's the longtime special teams coach in Baltimore – uh, under John Harbaugh, little connection there for you. Um, and when he was hired to be the you know the game management specialist, someone asked Dwayne Stukes, uh, right. "Are you going to lean on on Jerry Rosberg's experience uh, with special teams um, just to help you out?" And Stukes basically said, "No, I've got my guys that I already talked to. I talked to Mike Mallory and I talked to Joe DeCamillis, not on the team." Yeah. Um, who was a good special teams coach when he was here though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but he said like, no, I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I saw that clip of Stukes. The first thing he did was fire him. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he should have, but I, the special teams has been pretty abysmal um, regardless, but I, maybe it would have been better with a little more influence from Rossberg. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Uh, against Kansas City because Kansas City has a uh, I mean with Dave Dave Taub, Dave Dave Taub the all Taub. time the all time uh, he was considered for head coaching gigs for a while. That's yeah, how highly he's regarded. Probably, uh, interviewed him back in 2017. Vance Joseph era. That would have been, been a better move than Vance Joseph. Yep. Um, almost certainly. <clears throat> yeah. So. I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited to see – we might just get destroyed by the Chiefs. That's the most likely outcome. But I want to see how the team comes out uh, with Rossberg because his um, – regardless of what Mike Silver says, um, I don't care what Mike Silver says. He's an old uh, dirty hippie, and I don't care anything about him. Uh, Jerry Rossberg's statement in that press conference I, I thought was great. And um, – if you're listening and you haven't seen it or listened to him speak yet, I would recommend it because um, he is like part coach, part philosopher. He's like someone you just want in your life. I feel like, and he's like, he seems like the perfect interim head coach to get us out of this. Amazing. And so he's got a connection to Harbaugh by way of Baltimore. 
which yes. the other Harbaugh, Harbaugh has been brought up as a possible coaching candidate. Yeah. Nijiro Evero coached with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple uh, ties I think, there. I think Peyton, George Peyton and, and Jim Harbaugh have a uh, a connection as well. I think so. So maybe there's a, a bigger possibility that that's, uh, that actually happens. And, and of course, Condoleezza Rice. Oh, yeah, Condi. Oh, Condi Rice. She was, um, she was, she's going to be involved in the head coaching search. That was her first wife. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) Harbaugh helped him execute the plan for uh, the war in Iraq. Yeah. Little did you know that Jim Harbaugh was, um, Jim Harbaugh orchestrated the, uh, I was going to say the assault on, on bin Laden, but that's not even the right presidency at all. No, that Harbaugh captured uh, Saddam Hussein. <laughs> he might have. As I, far as I you, see it, that's what happened. I can't rule it out. Just like imagine that might be the most terrifying thing is for Saddam if he's holed up in a in a bunker somewhere, and you see. Have you seen that clip of Jim Harbaugh through the officials cam, the referees cam? Yeah, that face coming towards you ready to apprehend you and bring you to justice yeah. or he just looks Sweet crazy. Jesus. That would be terrifying. Yeah. So I think next week we'll talk more about uh, the coaching candidates we'd like to see coming in here to Denver. Uh, appreciate yeah. you guys listening. The picks episodes uh, already up. We did it very quickly, briefly, just not putting it in today's episode because it was yesterday. That's right. Good night and good luck. <laughs> Hey, you know what time it is. DraftKings Sportsbook time. Who is an official sports betting partner of the NFL? DraftKings is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost uh, with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. I like to do uh, parlays when watching my football team taking the under on any yardage total and the under on any anytime touchdown scorer. That's just me and my team, though. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.